Well, it's been a momentous year for the Australian Academy of Science, as you'll hear, and more to come. Leading the quest, along with President Professor Jagadish, has been the Academy Chief Executive Anna Maria Arabia, who's with me now. We're talking after what seems to be an extraordinary year for the Academy. Would you agree with that? It's been a big year. Absolutely. It's been a great year for science. I think what we've seen this year is how fundamental research and development is to all of the major issues in our society, both in Australia and abroad. Everywhere I turn, whether we're talking about an AUKUS agreement, whether we're talking about national security, the absolutely critical energy transition our economy and industries and public need to make, underpinning all of that is science and research. I've never seen it more front and centre of our national and international debates. You see it, but one wonders whether the public and indeed our leaders see it. But one thing that amazed me is your involvement as an academy with a full big case. What made you choose to go in that possibly risky direction? One of the things that the Australian Academy of Science does every single day is synthesise evidence and deliver it to decision makers. And I think most people are accustomed to seeing us do that, providing independent scientific advice to our government and to our parliament. This is really an extension of that. The inquiry into the case of Kathleen Folbig was the Australian Academy of Science providing independent scientific advice to the justice system. It's simply another forum of decision making. We did enter that debate because one of our wonderful fellows had made made some extraordinary scientific breakthroughs that showed evidence to explain the death of some of the Folbig children. And it was the strength of that science that saw the Academy become involved, as I said, as an independent scientific advisor. It was a privilege to be able to play that role for the justice system and a demonstration of how we can create a more scientifically sensitive justice system going forward. There are better ways in which the science and justice system can engage and interact. In fact, she was on the Channel 7 investigation report with Kathleen Folbig. Did you see that film? I did. Uh, Channel 7 had an exclusive interview with Kathleen Folbig, so members of the public can hear for themselves the Folbig story told by Kathleen herself for the first time ever. Professor Carola Vinwesa appeared there, and I think it was obvious. The conviction of her science and her work and the rigorous way and, and the integral way with which she pursued that, it was a pleasure working with Carola over that case. And Lindy Chamberlain was, of course, in the film as well and there had been a similar kind of forensic medicine hiccup if you like with the identification of what was supposed to be blood mm. turned out not really to be blood at all mm. and that way you brought science into the public arena and wondered how it had been left out in the first place but when it comes to the funding of science the worry we have is that the young people aren't going to get the support because of the underfunding of science for a long time there's something going on in Europe, which we broadcast on the science show to do with it's called European Horizons. What is that? It's supposed to be just about the biggest network and funding of science in the world. It is. Horizon Europe is the world's largest funding program over a seven-year period. It's valued at 95 billion euros. So it really brings together the extraordinary countries of the EU and enables research collaborations between EU member nations, but also with other what are called third parties across the world. And we've seen many countries associate with Horizon Europe because of the extraordinary opportunity that it brings. 
brings in terms of research collaboration, in terms of economic growth, for many, many reasons. So there are a range of countries outside of the EU member states who have associated with EU, most recently the UK, but also in the process of associating or having associated are countries like Israel, Canada, New Zealand, South Korea, Japan. So there are a range of countries. As we're a long way away, under the rules of the Eurovision Song Contest, we can have honorary involvement as well. Will that make much of a difference in terms of the network? And as we broadcast on the Science Show with with Britain being allowed back in, Mm. we're told it was really highly significant for us as well. Absolutely. I think it would be a missed opportunity for Australia not to associate with Horizon Europe. And I say that for four reasons. The first is our European collaborators and to the extent that we already collaborate with Europe at an institutional and scientist to scientist level, it is a very productive relationship and we are ethically aligned. There is a cultural consistency between our work. So that's one of the reasons. The second is geopolitically. Uh, Needless to say, we are all operating in a very complex geopolitical environment. And when we think about where we direct our international research collaborations, there are some parts of the world where it's increasingly difficult to collaborate. And so being able to access what is this largest fund is, I think, if nothing else, an important way to mitigate some of the geopolitical risk in our scientific enterprise. There are, of course, the scientific benefits of collaboration. Accessing partners, industries and funding from that very, very vast continent and the expertise that exists there to solve many of the challenges that absolutely require collaboration across the world. And of course, economically, we know that by the end of this year, we'll likely to have a free trade agreement with Europe in place. Trade Minister Don Farrell has indicated as much. I understand that negotiations are progressing in the right direction. When you think about the EU bloc as one of the largest trading partners and the sort of industries we increase collaborate with and work with and trade with, the economic impact of our work with the EU is enormous. So I think any investment to associate with Horizon Europe pays back quickly and enables Australia to really expand the wonderful research and innovation capability we have here and deal with many of those challenges before us and benefit from the, the capability they can offer. And finally, What about November? What's happening then? Oh, in November, the Australian Academy of Science is having its annual symposium. And this year we are exploring a really pertinent and somewhat sensitive issue. We're looking at the impact of national security measures on international research collaboration. So we do live in a very complex geopolitical environment and there is a very dynamic threat environment that we're operating in. And as a result, there are national security measures that are applied to the research sector, which are absolutely appropriate. What we're starting to see now though is documented evidence around perhaps some of the unintended consequences of those national security measures on international research collaboration. And of course, course, we don't just collaborate internationally because we're good global citizens. We do it for the national interest. So we're trying to balance our national security and the national interest and benefits that come from international research collaboration. 
And we're asking if we've got that balance right. It's a topic of conversation that is alive across the world. We know in the US they have nuanced their national security measures to achieve this balance. And we know other countries of the world are looking at it as well. So it's a timely discussion. We've got a terrific lineup of speakers. I really invite your listeners, Robin, to tune in either online or come along to the symposium. It's on the 13th and 14th of November in Canberra at the Shine Dome. I hope to be there. Thank you very much. Thanks so much. Anna Maria Arabia is Chief Executive Officer of the Australian Academy of Science. And by the way, I've been a fellow since 1993.